Well, let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to the Bible. Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. We're going to go Old Testament tonight. If you got your Bible or if you got the Bible app, you can also open up uh, the Restoration Church app. And the Bible is in there as well. Uh, but I'm going to preach a message tonight called, What You Don't Slay Today Will Haunt Your Tomorrow. What you don't slay today will haunt you tomorrow. I hope that you're taking notes. Uh, what you don't slay today will haunt you tomorrow. Just before we get going, how, how amazing was the giving update uh, this evening for our youth? We got a youth section in the house tonight right here, all of our youth. And uh, we've just been having an incredible time with our youth Bible studies actually held at our house. Started back in February. It's one of the very first things that we started as a church and we've been having anywhere from 45 to 75 teenagers gather at our house every week, uh, every Tuesday night right now. And we'll be switching back to Monday nights soon. But every Tuesday night, they're there. And two weeks ago, it was actually, I believe it was this song that we were singing. All I want is just to live within your love, be undone by who you are. And, and we just began to sing that. And there were students that were just on their knees before God, tears streaming down their face. Because, I mean, teenagers deal with real stuff, too, you know. Uh, teenagers walk through stuff. They face stuff. And the power of God just really showed up that Tuesday night and wrecked them. And then again this last week, it's just really cool watching what God is doing in our youth and in our student ministry. And so I would just say this. As you're sowing and as you're giving into this church, we're giving to the next generation. Amen. We're giving and we're sowing into the next generation, what we're building. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more in depth about this tonight. But what you're giving to when you sow into this church is you're giving to the next generation. We're going to raise up a generation now so they don't need to be repaired and restored later, right? If we can get them connected to God and to the power source and to the Holy Spirit today, then guess what? We're not going to have to worry about them later on. They won't have to go through all the things that we went through uh, Y'all know the crazy things you did, all right? We're, we're going we're gonna to keep them from all of that if we'll just get them plugged in and served in uh, to, the, to the youth ministry. So when you're giving, I'm doing, I want to challenge you today, give. I love what Malachi 3.10, it says that God said this. He said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And then he gave his people this challenge. He said, try me in this. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. I can tell you for my family I know the difference between giving and not giving. I've been there in my life where I had to trust God with giving and, and then a time where I didn't trust God with giving. And I can tell you that God will do m way more with the 90 than, than we can do with the, with the 100. Amen. Yeah. He takes that 10 and he multiplies it and he gives it and he blesses it back into your life. So let's do it. Let's go to the word. Uh, I also just want to uh, honor, just before we do it, Hannah Mae. Hannah, will you stand up? Uh, Hannah Mae, she came all the way from uh, Highlands College and uh, she came here to serve and work with our children's ministry. And it's our third week, and this is actually the first week that she's been able to sit in service with us because she's been serving. She's been serving in the nursery. How many babies did you say that we had tonight? We have 20 babies and preschoolers back there. And so you may say, if you want to make this your church home, we need some help, okay? Get in here, help us, help us serve. And then small groups, the small groups are live on our website. We want you to get plugged in in a small group. We had an amazing men's small group this last Thursday morning. And I just love what God does in community. And if you're here at this church, get involved in community. It's not just about showing up on a Sunday evening service, but it's about doing life together. And I guarantee you that's the way you're going to get the most out of church. All right, enough for the commercials. All right, hey, can y'all cut the hazer off? The hazer keeps coming on and it's like, it's distracting me. I'm sorry. That's my ADD. 
kicking in, y'all. Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 13, and I'm going to read verse 1. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, it says this. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving. Come on, somebody say giving. Giving. Which I am giving to the children of Israel. So he said this, send spies into the land. This is Moses, God speaking to Moses. And he says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. And if you got a paper, this is why I say bring a paper Bible, because like in an electronic Bible, you can't circle a word or, or, you know, highlight a word or underline. In my Bible, I just have this word underlined, giving. Because I think that's really like the hinge point to this whole chapter or to this whole verse right here is that word giving. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But let's skip over to verse 26. Verse 26. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation. So they went into the land. They spied it out. They saw everything that God said that they would see in the land. Uh, God told them it was going to be a land flowing with milk and honey. You've got to understand that while the children of Israel were exiled in Egypt, this is a land that they dreamed of getting to. You got to understand they were coming out of slavery. God leads them out of Egypt, leads them across the Red Sea into this desert land. And they're right on this mountain range that on the other side of it, their promised land that they've heard about for hundreds of years lies right on the other side. And so it's a land that they've dreamed of and they go into this land And it's exactly what they thought it would be. Listen, now they departed and they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness at Paran, at Kadesh. And they brought back a word to them, to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They actually brought back this cluster of grapes that was so big that it had to be carried on a pole in between two men. Can you imagine grapes that are that big? They bring this back. This is what they found. Verse 27 And they told him, and they said, we went to the land where you sent us, and it truly fills with milk and, truly flows with milk and honey. Is that any surprise? Right? Is it any surprise that when they went in, that they found exactly what God said would be there? God says, hey, this is what you're going to find. And they go in. He's like, I just want to show you. It's just, I'm going to build your faith. I just want to encourage you a little. So they go in. And they said, it's exactly what it is. There's milk and there's honey, and this is the fruit. Check out these grapes. But watch this, verse 28. Nevertheless, people who dwell there are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. So they go in and they say, yes, there's milk, there's honey, there's everything that God promised us, but nevertheless. And I wonder how many times in our life that's the testimony. I wonder how many times in our life That's our story. That we go, God, yes, I see everything, but nevertheless. So I want to talk to you today on what you don't slay today will haunt your tomorrow. What you don't slay today will haunt your tomorrow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that you open up every ear. Pray that you open up every heart and every mind just to receive of your word. Change us and challenge us. Just say this with me. Say, Lord, I'm listening. Speak. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So Moses sends out the spies. They go into the land, and it's exactly what God said it would be. 
Now, this promise was a thousand years old. So this was a promise that we've touched on a little bit in week one and, and week two of our church launch. And one of the things that we talked about is we talked about Abraham and how Abraham had faith. And because he simply had faith, the Bible says that it was credited to him as righteousness. So he says, I'm going to create a great nation out of you, Abraham, and and I'm going to take you to a land. And then God takes him to this land and he shows him this land. And so this promise is a thousand years old. And so here, this thousand year promise, they're right on the precipice of receiving the promise that God has for them. And so they come right to the edge of the promise. They're right here on this mountain range. And God comes to Moses and he says, I want you to send these 12 spies and I want you to send them into the land. And they're going to find milk. They're going to find a land that flows with honey. And they're going to find a land that I have promised to them. But the Bible also says that when they went in, yes, they saw these things. They saw a land flowing with milk and honey. But what did they also find? They also find giants, fortified cities, and lands that belonged to somebody else. And see, here's the difficult thing is that sometimes God wants to show you and give you a dream. He wants to go. And and I even believe for us, you know, 15 years ago when, when we were in an altar moment at a conference and God spoke to us about planting this church, I believe that God gave us a little glimpse of what we would be living in and walking in today. But if we knew the giants, the fortified cities and everything else that we would face, we probably would have just been like, nope, it's too big. We can't do it. And so what God wants to do is God wants us to take us into the promise and go, hey, Craig, this is everything that I have for you. It's a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And yeah, there may be some challenges, but I am a God that can overcome real challenges. And so God will take you into some places and show you some things. And and what he wants you to see is the promise, not the giants, not the fortified cities, and not lands that belong to somebody else. But too many times, God will take us into a promised land. And what do we see? We see the giants. We see the fortified cities. And we see lands that belong to the enemy. Because, see, they they saw what God wanted them to see, but they also saw the opposite obstacles. They saw everything that was standing in their way. I believe that God was simply trying to build their faith, and rather than their faith being built, what did they do? They lost all faith because they chose to focus on the wrong things. You know, it's so easy for our minds to go negative. How many of you, you, you can say that? Like, it's so easy it can just be easy in a moment for our minds to go to, go to the negative place. And I, and I got to be honest, even, even on launch Sunday, I, I walked in on launch Sunday and it was amazing and, and people were here. And I was like, thank God people are here. But you know what happened? You know what the enemy did to me on launch Sunday? I saw familiar faces in the crowd. And you know what, the enemy began to work on my mind and even tried to discourage me on launch Sunday. Nobody's going to show up next week because these people go to another church. Nobody's going to show up because you know so-and-so, they go here, they go here, they go here, and nobody's going to show up. And the enemy tried to use that on Monday, tried to work against my mind, tried to let me lose my faith. Can I tell you, I'm not immune to this kind of stuff. God took me into the promise on launch Sunday and said, this is what this thing is going to be. But what did I see? I saw giants 
fortified cities and lands that belong to other people. And what I had to do is in my heart and in my mind go, you know what, God, I'm giving this over to you. And if you said we can have it, if you what is the key word? If you've given it to me, come on. If you've given it to me, then God, I can have it. Come on, Lord, if you said I can have it, then I can have it. I can have it. But he wanted to just give them a glimpse. He wanted to build their faith. He said, I want you to dream a little. I want you to dream about what the future will be like. I'm going to send 12 men in that they can go and they can catch the dream and they can come and they can share it with my people. That's what God wanted them to do. Catch the dream. Let the dream become alive in your heart so you can come back and you can share it with the masses and everybody gets fired up and excited about the future that we're going to have. But instead, what did they see? They saw giants. They saw fortified cities and they saw lands that belonged to somebody else. Because how many of you know this is that God's not going to give you a dream that you can accomplish on your own? Man, if it's a dream that we can accomplish on our own, then guess who gets the credit? Me? I want a dream so big that I can't accomplish it on my own. I want a dream that, that when I'm on the other side of it, I look back and I go, only God. <laughs> like, only God. There's, it's only God that I, that I overcame that. It's only God that we came through that situation. It's only God that we have the victory. It's only God that he opened up the doors for this building for free so we could put money in the bank, so we could get a piece of... Only God. It's only God. And I can't take credit for these things. And I believe that there's a God-sized dream and that there's things in your life that when you overcome, that when the giant is slayed, that when the walls come tumbling down, that you'll be able to look back and you'll be able to go, only God. You know, you tried on your own to get free. You tried on your own to overcome. You tried on your own to put the marriage back together. You tried on your own to quit losing your temper. You tried on your own to tame your tongue. But when you begin to give those things to God, something happened. Because I love what Jesus said about it. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and he said this, With man, this is impossible, but with God, what? All things. Come on, can we put that up there? With God, with man, it's in, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. And there's going to be things that you come against in your life that without God, it's not going to be possible. And when Jesus spoke this to his disciples, they came to Jesus and they asked this question. They, there was a, a demon-possessed boy and they tried to cast this demon out. And they couldn't do it. And then Jesus follows behind them and cast the demon out of this boy. They came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast out this demon? And they said this. And he said this to them. For man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Can I just tell somebody tonight that there's nothing that is impossible for God to do? I really don't know the giants that you came in here battling. I really don't know the fortified walls that you have in your heart and in your life. Maybe it's walls of bitterness. Maybe it's walls of anger. Maybe there's walls that you have put up that, that you, you called boundaries and they were meant to keep other people out, but now all of a sudden that you've noticed that it's keeping God out, that you've allowed your heart to become bitter and you've got these fortified walls around your heart and around your life and God's not able to get through those walls and tonight you need to see those walls come tumbling down. That there's giants that seem like there's no way I can overcome this. But God said, look, for you, that's impossible. But luckily, you got me. 
And I believe that that's the revelation that God wants to get through to somebody tonight is that you've tried, you've toiled, you've tried to overcome it. And with you, it's impossible. But with God, come on, all things are possible. Come on. Is there anybody that believes that tonight? So he sends the 12 spies in to get a glimpse of the impossible. He was showing them the miracle before it ever happened. God ever done that for you? He's just kind of giving you like a a taste, a a glimpse. But then you gave up on it. You know, deciding rather than like, okay, God, I'm going to walk in it. And because you said I can have it, then I'm going to have it. Guess what? There's so much that he said that you can have at the cross when he said it's finished. (laughs) Your battle with sin and addiction, finished. Your battle with depression, come on, finished. It happened at the cross. It wasn't like, well, maybe I can have this. No, Jesus said, look, it is finished. Not maybe finished, not, hey, it's kind of over. No, he said at the cross, it is finished. So if God gave us the victory, why are we still fighting and toiling and battling with it? Why don't we just stand still and go, just like that song that we sang tonight, the battle belongs to you, God. The battle belongs to you. I can't do this on my own, but God, you can do it. Because with me, it's impossible. But God, with you, all things are possible. The 12 spies go in and watch this. How many of those 12 are filled with faith? Two. There's actually 13 that went in counting Joshua, but only, only two of them. Only two of them believed. So they come back and... They're standing before the assembly, kind of like this. And Moses is like, hey, well, tell us what you saw. We saw a land flowing with milk, honey. But there's giants. There's fortified cities. And those lands belong to somebody else. You know, I wonder what would happen if we would get the faith of the two. I wonder what would be possible in our life we would simply just get the the faith of the two to believe the way that Joshua and and Caleb believed. That they went into the promised land with this mindset. This was the mindset. You've given it to me. We can have it. What if we approach every battle in our life that way? God, you've given me the victory. I'll walk in it. You know, when, when when addiction or sin or temptation begins to take over your life, what if we approach that with this mindset, God, you've already given me the victory. I have the victory. I am victorious. I will walk in the victory. What if we approach every battle that way? I can't believe that the 10 walked in that way. I can't believe that they walked in full of faith, but I'm telling you, the way we approach life will be different if we approach it with faith of, I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. God, I can have all that you said I can have. I can do all that you said I can do. God, I can be the man or the woman of God that you called me to be. I will walk out my faith. What if we had the faith of the two? Matthew 17, 20 said it this way. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a what? The size of a mustard seed. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be what? Impossible for you. This is the kind of faith that God wants us to approach life with. It's the faith that says, you know what? It it may be small, but it's significant. 
It's not dependent on me, God, it's dependent on you. And when we begin to walk in that way, when we begin to walk out our faith in a way that says, God, it depends on you. I can't do today without you. I can't parent without you. I can't be a husband without you. God, I can't lead people without you. I can't be a pastor without you. I can't be a good father without you. Come on, that's the kind of faith that we have to approach life with, that God, yes, there's going to be challenges, but we're going to overcome the challenges because I have the faith of the two. I believe the faith is the difference maker in our walk. I believe the faith is the currency of heaven. If we don't have it, we can't be saved. If, if we go back and we look all the way that, that God was asking them simply to believe, he was asking them to do the same thing that Abraham did. God showed Abraham the, the land, and what did he do? He believed. It was credited to him as righteousness. He was giving uh, the future generations a chance to believe, and what did they do? They said, we can't. We can't believe. All God wants us to do is believe. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on. We walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we walked by the things that we saw, we'd constantly be discouraged, right? If we walked by the things that we saw and we would see the giants and we would see the fortified cities and we would see the lands that belonged to somebody else, you know what we would do? We would run in fear. We would do like the 10 did. But thank God that we do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. So when I see a giant, you know what I go? Nothing's impossible for him. When, When sin tries to overcome me, you know what I say? Nothing is impossible for you. You know, if, if I have a fortified wall in my life that I discover of anger or bitterness or past hurt, I look at that wall and I go, God, nothing is impossible for you. You know what? If, if God is coming and taking or if Satan has come and taken something from you, maybe your children are going crazy and they're away from the Lord. Can I tell you nothing is impossible for God? If the enemy has come and taken and you're like, it, that doesn't belong. You're like, no, enemy, that belongs to the Lord. No enemy, that belongs to me. You can't have what belongs to me. And so we walk by faith and not by sight. So I wonder, I wonder what giants we've been allowing to live in our life. I wonder what walls we've been allowing to stay. Because that day, giants lived, walls stayed standing, and a land that belonged to theirs stayed in the hands of the enemy. And I really do wonder how many times that God has tried to show us a promise. God has tried to show us the victory that we can have. God has tried to show us a better life that we can have. And we went in the room and we took a look around and we went, wow, God, this is really awesome. And then we walked out and we went, giants live. We let cities stay fortified and we let land stay in somebody else's hands. Can I tell you that for me, I can't let giants live in my life? Let me show you why. I want to go to, I want to, go to 1 Samuel. I want to go to 1 Samuel 17. And it tells the story of David and Goliath. I want to tell you this. David should have never had to fight Goliath. David that day should have never been facing a giant because the generations previous to him should have slayed the giants. But the generations before didn't have faith to slay the giant. 
And I wonder how many giants we've left living in our life, left standing in our life because we didn't have the faith to overcome it. Now the generations after us are going to try to have to try to slay that giant. The generations after us are going to have to make the march around the city walls and see those walls fall. There's, vic- there's, there's battles that our kids will have to fight if we don't get victory over the battles today. And, and look, yes, David stood as a young boy and he defeated the giant. But my heart's desire is that my kids would never have to face the giant because I can overcome it for them. And, and I can tell you that that the life that I'm walking in and living in now didn't come without the giants that I had to face, giants that my, my parents left me, giants that my grandparents left me. We're still fighting demons in this nation that our parents left us. Come on, we have the opportunity right now to slay the demon of racism in our nation. We can put an end to it right now, but it takes us standing up and going, you know what? I'm not passing this down to the next generation. I'm not going to continue to let this giant live anymore. But what we will do is we will live and we will walk out the promise. Come on. Is there anybody that believes that we're going to walk out the promise that God has said we can have? He said that we can have this land. So first Samuel, David steps out. And and here's this giant, this giant that steps out that shouldn't be alive, shouldn't be living, and he begins to taunt the children of Israel, begins to put them down, just taunt them. And nobody would step up and face this giant that, by the way, Numbers chapter 13 has already said what about the giant? He's been given to you. God said, this land I'm giving to you. The victory I am giving to you. The fortified walls that you saw, I didn't tell you how they were going to come down because God doesn't feel like he has to tell us every little single step that sometimes it'd be nice, right? (laughs) But he he doesn't have to do that. But he already had a plan to tear down the fortified walls. He already had a plan to get the land back into their hands. He already had a plan to slay the giants. So all of these, why didn't they just go back to the word of the Lord that said, hey, I've already given you the victory. I've already given you the victory. So they're standing there and day after day, Goliath would step out and he would talk bad about them and he would ridicule them and challenge them. And one day, this this little boy, this little boy, steps up and he's like, what? Why are y'all letting him trash talk you like that? Why are you letting him talk about our God? Why are you letting this God do this? And so David, in that moment, full of faith, says, hey, give me a sling and a stone. stop, Stop and think with me for just a second. Twelve spies go into the land. What if they would have known that the solution and the answer was as simple as a sling and a stone? I mean, really? Oh, they're giants. There's no way we can overcome them. God said, you got a sling? You got five smooth stones? You won't even need the five. You're just going to need one. All you need is a sling and a stone and you can take down a giant. 
But they got intimidated by the circumstances. They got intimidated by the situation. They saw the giant and they didn't see the God of provision. They saw the giant and they didn't see the victory that God had planned for them. And all they had to do was go, God has given me the victory. All I need is a sling and a stone and I can take the giant. But instead, they walked out in defeat. And that day, giants lived. Walls they fortified. And land stayed in the hands of the enemy. But David steps up. About 400 years later, generations had passed. And they passed down these giants from generation to generation. Maybe there's stuff in your family passed down from generation to generation. Bad habits, addictions, strongholds. Passed down from generation to, to generation. Maybe it's time tonight that you step up with a sling and a stone yeah. and say, this giant's not going to yeah. live anymore. Come on. Come on. Maybe it's time tonight that you be the one that go, it stops with me. The giant doesn't live anymore. I'm just telling you, there's giants, and I'm 100%, there are giants my kids won't have to face because I overcame them. And not only did I overcame it, then I took the sword and I chopped the head off of that giant because I'm like, it's not coming back. It's not coming back in my life. It's not coming back in my family. It's not going to come back in my kids. It's not going to, because I'm telling you, what you don't slay today will haunt your tomorrow. And what we're doing is for the next generation. If I can talk to my youth, come on, if there's something in your life, you can slay it now so it doesn't affect your kids. Our youth are like, man, I'm not thinking about kids right now. I know you're not thinking about kids right now. But the investment of actually being in church on a Sunday evening, God is doing something and speaking something in your life that's going to pay future dividends so your kids don't have to overcome something that you couldn't overcome. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. It took David to step up. It took David to step up and say, I've got a sling and I've got a stone. But what you don't slay today will haunt you tomorrow. What you don't kill, you'll leave for the next generation. I don't know about you, but I don't want my issues being passed on to the next generation. I don't want my battles being passed on to the next generation. I don't want to pass them on to my kids. John 10.10 says this, and I'm rapping. It says the thief comes only to do what? To steal, kill, kill and destroy. I heard a, a pastor say it this way this week, and he really highlighted that word only. He said, that's the only thing the enemy comes for. And if the enemy is showing up in your life, he only has one purpose. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. And right now, if you're facing battles, awesome, because it's a great time to get victory. And if you're up against some seemingly insurmountable walls that seem like they can't fall down, think if they would have known that the answer was literally as simple as going on an evening stroll. God said, walk around the walls of Jericho, and on the seventh day, do it seven times, and guess what? The wall it's that easy. Just go on an evening stroll, and the last day, shout. I mean, how easy is that? And they're like, there's no way we can do that. No, you can. Why? Because it has nothing to do with you. 
It had nothing to do with them. And they couldn't realize that if they just had faith that God was giving it to them, there was nothing that they couldn't do. I want the band to come back as I'm I'm closing. Because what you don't slay today, it'll haunt you tomorrow. Isn't it funny that the battle that the Israelites were worried about for 400 years was taken care of by a little boy? I I wonder if they saw that, what they would have felt. They gave up the victory God was going to give to them when a sling and a stone was all they needed. Calculated, they, they sat back and they calculated all the ways that they couldn't overcome or they couldn't never win. But what they didn't do is they didn't factor God into the situation. They said, giants, walls, that doesn't belong to us. All they needed to do was add God into the situation and the impossible all of a sudden becomes possible. And so many times that's what we do is we go, okay, well, this and uh-huh, and this, okay. And then if you add in that, yep, man, no hope. I am hopeless. But the one thing that we get to factor in is the God factor. As Christians, as believers, we get to factor in the God factor that when I've come to the end, that when we come to the Red Sea and it looks like we can't get across it and we look back and the enemy is approaching, that God parts the seas. That, that when we face a, 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 a city or a, a stronghold in our life that it looks like we cannot overcome, what happens? We walk around the city and the walls come down. When a giant stands in front of us and taunts us and tells us how we could never overcome, what do we need? We just need a sling and a stone and our God because he's always got our back and we can overcome. We can have victory. Come on, will you stand on your feet tonight? What you don't kill today will haunt you tomorrow. Come on, here's my prayer tonight. Let's kill selfishness. Let's kill lust. Let's kill alcoholism. Let's kill anger. Let's kill bitterness. Let's kill jealousy. Let's kill envy. Let's kill lying. Let's kill addiction. Let's kill depression. Let's kill anxiety. Let us kill the the giants that we've been allowing to stand in our life and just tell them, Satan, you don't have authority in my life anymore. I'm not going to give you victory because God gave me the victory at the cross. It was won. It was purchased when he took nails in his hands and his feet. In fact, the Bible says that he went to hell and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So why would I sit back in defeat any longer when he already did it, when he already won it? So God, tonight, we're going where you've told us we can go. We're going to have the victory that you say we can have. We're going to have the future that you say we can have. We're going to start tonight by building a better life. And it looks like tearing down the walls so you can rebuild new things in us. We're going to begin to walk out and and, and build a better life because we're going to expel some things out of our life that don't need to be there. We need you tonight, God. We want to put death to ourselves. So that we can become a new creation in you, God.
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new.